0: Welcome to Pragmatic. Pragmatic is a weekly discussion show contemplating the practical application of technology. Exploring the real world trade offs, we look at how great ideas are transformed into products and services that can change our lives. Nothing is as simple as it seems. This episode is sponsored by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash pragmatic for a free audiobook download. And uh, this episode is also sponsored by ManyTricks, uh, makers of helpful apps for the Mac, a long-time sponsor of the show. Thanks again to them. Uh, visit ManyTricks, slash pragmatic for more information about their apps Butler, Chemo, Leech, Desktop Curtain, Time Usher, Moom, Name Mangler, and Witch. If you visit that URL, you can use the code PRAGMATIC25, that's PRAGMATIC the word and 25 the numbers, in the shopping cart to save 25% on any Tricks product. And uh, I'm John Chichi, and I'm joined today by my uh, guest host, uh, Federico Vitici. How you doing, Federico?
1: Hey, John, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, No problem at all. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Before we get stuck into today's topic, and we do have a strict time limit, so we'll be keeping it to about an hour today, um, I just wanted to quickly reiterate that uh, by popular request, I've now added separate RSS feeds for the show that are just episode only, as well as follow-up only in both MP3 and AAC formats, so you can choose which you would like to subscribe to. The existing feeds, of course, they're unchanged, and they can all be found in a nice little table at techdistortion.com slash podcasts slash so, also, once again, we are live streaming the show, yes, and there is an IRC chat room on freenode.net, but you you go to the URL, techdistortion.com live, you can access the stream there, or you can use the embedded IRC chat box to join in that way. Uh, we also have a Q&A segment after every show, so during the course of the show in the chat room, if you have any questions, please feel free to pose those questions with apostrophe QA, and we will try to address them at the end. So right now I do have a basic showbot. You can also have title suggestions, and you can vote afterwards. And yes, it's using Casey List's uh, um, uh, accidental bot, or rather a fork of it. So thank you, Casey. Uh, also, want a quick shout out to Daniel H from Germany for the lovely review on iTunes. Always greatly appreciated. And if you are enjoying the show, uh, don't forget to please get, uh, rate it or give it a review on iTunes if you have got a few uh, moments, because it really uh, it really does help, and I really appreciate it. So today is. Potentially going to be a heavy topic. It's something that um, has affected my life and has also affected um, Federico. So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the C word, uh, and that would be cancer. So I guess it's uh, one of those one of those topics that uh, I realise it's one of those things that people I've I've heard the expression that someone knows everybody knows somebody who's been affected by cancer in their lives and i wanted to talk about this because it's people don't talk about this you know and it's it's so common and it's such a it's it's a big deal and uh, this is not a medical podcast okay i'm not a doctor i i know this and that's fine uh and no 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 you no, federico right I'm, I'm i'm assuming you're not a doctor are
1: you? no i'm not <laughs> no no
0: so we're not medical practitioners of any kind okay but we both have vested interest in this subject Mine is from only second and third-hand experience, but Federico's is from first-hand experience. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the show to talk about it because you can talk about it from first-hand experience. So thank you for agreeing to come on to talk about it. I know it, it yeah, might be Yeah, sure. Get...
1: I'm a, mm. I am a, a extremely comfortable talking about this. I really have no problem. I mean, because I used to, you know, like you said, um, it used to be kind of weird, you know, to talk about cancer before. Yeah. But now it's like, talking about a vacation for me it's it's just another experience so no problem at all
0: fantastic oh that's great so okay cool so i just want to start like i start most episodes of the show of, of pragmatic by just going through a little bit of history um really quickly but uh the aim of this is to sort of increase people's awareness and sort of demystify what is really quite a complicated and can be a personal um sort of an issue so in any case okay Uh, Cancer is also known as um, a malignant tumor, as a group of diseases, and it involves abnormal cell growth, uh, and that has the potential to invade and spread to other parts of the body. Not all tumors are cancerous, and this is something that people sometimes struggle with, is there is such a thing as a benign tumor, and that does not actually spread to other parts of the body, doesn't affect bodily function in any way. So... Uh, possible signs and symptoms uh, include uh, a new lump where there wasn't one before, abnormal bleeding, prolonged coughs, unexplained weight loss, you know, all sorts of things like that. There's, there's, there's a multitude of potential symptoms, but those symptoms alone don't indicate that you necessarily have cancer or, um, you know, because they could occur to all sorts of other, other issues, so... There's over a hundred different known cancers that affect humans, and traditionally, it was actually sometimes referred to as the wasting disease because, um, you know, in its in its later stages, it tends to people tend to lose their appetite and they get very very skinny and very yeah, yeah it's it's not pretty. So, and the earliest known descriptions of cancer actually appeared on uh, papyrus uh, written they think around about 1600 BC. And they were believed to have been sourced from uh, sto- from medical stories going back as far as 2500 BC. So, certainly not a new thing. And um, Hippocrates uh, described several kinds of cancer, referring to them uh, with the Greek word um, carcinos, which it actually stands for. actually means crab or crayfish, roughly, loosely translated. So I, so I, so I am assured. Uh, and that comes from the appearance of the cut in the surface of a solid malignant tumor with the veins sort of stretched on all sides um, like an animal, like a crab has its feet, if that makes any sense. Crab feet, you know, I guess. They're feet. Anyway, not a biologist either. Sorry, engineer. Anyway, so um, the, the treatment back then was based on humor theory, which I'll admit I had not heard of until I just brushed up on this one. Um, the theory of four bodily fluids. <laughs> okay. Here we... <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got. i got to throw this in because I read this and I'm like, I've got to talk about this. Black and yellow bile, blood and phlegm. That's right, phlegm. So, based on those... Um, that is, those bodily fluids, they would decide what treatment would be for you, which would could be dietary, bloodletting or laxatives. So, anyway... The, the really depressing part about that is that that was actually the most popular method of treatment until about the 19th century when they realized that there were these things called cells. And anyhow, so never mind. Okay, so um, in uh, Latin, the word uh, celsus, uh, sometime between 25, and 5th, uh, 25 BC and 50 AD, roughly, um, translated carcinos into Latin, anyway, also, of course, meaning crab. And uh, 2nd century AD, they started to call benign tumors uh, oncos, uh, which is Greek for swelling, and they reserved Hippocrates' original uh, carcinos for malignant tumors. Later on, they added the suffix oma on the end of it. I'm terrible at, at Latin and Greek, so I not just go with oma. Um, anyway, so uh, hence that leads to the name carcinoma, which is still in use today. Okay. So, what causes it? The human body consists of somewhere between 60 to 90 trillion, that's a lot, of individual cells. And each cell has its own DNA genetic structure that tells it, first of all, obviously how to behave, react, grow, and it, and, and, and it's the blueprint, a master copy of itself such that it can replicate when it dies. And... The perfect example of cell replication and the most obvious visible one is our skin, right? So, damaged by sunlight, scratches, just general wear and tear. Skin cells die and fall off every single day to be replaced by new skin cells from underneath. And when you live in a house and sweep the floor, one of the constituents of dust is dead skin. (laughs) Hold on to that mental image for a second. Sorry, that always freaks me out, actually. Mind you, the the dust mites in, in pillows and stuff also freaks me out, so
1: yeah (laughs) it's
0: not good anyway okay so in every lifetime the cells in our body will regenerate thousands and thousands of times and that's normal so how cancer starts is when something goes wrong with that replication so the new cells dna isn't copied correctly and another option is that there's a hereditary trait for certain types of cells that was inherited from your parents that they can go wrong after a certain period of time. So, like, those cells were always destined to go wrong at some point. Statistically, it would happen at some point. A genetic predisposition to a copy and... I guess guess you can think of it like a copy and paste error, really. Well, there you go. That's tying it back to tech. Anyhow. So, um, the immune system is able to track them down and destroy them, usually. Well, but the problem is, of course, that the immune system is also based on cells. And that immune system can also go wrong when it replicates. So... Essentially, through one means or the other, either through through the actual um, defect being replicated in a cell or a defect in the immune system trying to filter out those cells, one through one means or the other, uh, these cells can be missed and be allowed to survive. And eventually, the faulty cells themselves will replicate, and they will form what they what, what's referred to as a tumor. Now, we've reached a point at which we have now, okay, that's that is that is what cancer is, and. That alone doesn't mean that you have a cancerous tumor. Again, like I said, it could be benign um, and there's a great number of tumors that are but and they don't spread and they don't impede bodily function and all that stuff. but of course it could also it could be cancerous. So every animal can get cancer Humans aren't special in that way. every animal can can get cancer so and every person is at risk. Although, as I said before, genetic history, found some family histories, you know, people can get pre-warned in some cases there are genetic tests that they could be at a higher risk for certain cancers. Now, the reason that this is such a big deal is that in 2010, the Center for Disease Control in the United States reported that cancer was actually close to equal number one, not quite number one. It was beaten out by heart disease, but very close. So it's the number two cause of death in the United States. But the thing that freaks me out about cancer is that unlike heart disease, which is the you know as so leading cause, that's very heavily lifestyle dependent whereas a lot of cancers that you that 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 manifest have nothing to do with your lifestyle, and this is the thing that yeah, you, know, you can eat healthier and so on, and that will you know improve your chances. But it'll have more of an impact on improving your chances of 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 of, of not getting heart disease than it will of getting of getting cancer. So for me, that's what freaks me out. Is you can live the healthiest lifestyle that you like, and still that's no necessarily no 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 real protection. So it's at this point we talk about detection of cancer, which is the problem because there's so many different kinds so it's possible you'll have no symptoms or you symptoms you might just ignore but thankfully most of the common cancers will cause some kind of secondary pain discomfort or be related to soft tissue so we can feel lumps on the surface of our skin or in soft tissue yeah and we can sort of we can see discoloration in our skin skin cancers and so on and you can get them checked out by a medical professional and it's more or less at this point that I'm going to shut up for a second. <laughs> and I would like to talk to you about your experience and about sure. how you discovered that you actually had uh, had cancer and actually what type of cancer also that you had.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the symptoms were all the ones that you mentioned. Um, weight loss, uh, losing my appetite, and coughing up blood like each morning, yeah. and uh, lumps, of course. Mm. Um, and what, m- my kind of cancer was a blood related cancer. It's a lymphoma, right? Okay. And, um, it's, uh, there's two kinds of, uh, of lymphoma. The one, the, the one that I got was, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, mm-hmm. which, uh, is, you know, one of the two variations and, um, this one caused basically like, uh, late night, uh, fevers, just randomly and my my skin was very itchy okay. just for no reason so basically uh i lost um around 20 kilograms which in pounds wow uh yeah i don't know how many pounds is uh, that 2.2 two <laughs>
0: just... two, two pounds per kilo so that would be um 40 45 40 yeah
1: yeah it was a lot it was and it was super strange for me mm. and the signal was that uh basically the blood um initially i thought that maybe it's because you know i was a smoker back then and so i quit smoking and i thought that that was the reason and but the blood you know didn't stop so uh, each morning i would just you know uh cough a lot and and you know there there was blood and uh so after after a while and in fact I, I could- i should have at least i think uh i should have you know um talked to a doctor you know earlier mm-hmm. and uh when i decided that when i realized that i reached the point that something was you know off was too strange you know the weight loss and and I was feeling weak and sometimes um i you know I, I, I felt like um like, I was not really there mentally. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, I, I could lose focus and just wander, you know, and just completely, you know, black out everything else. And fevers, and I didn't have much appetite. So, eventually, I decided to uh, to go see my doctor, uh, which couldn't find... And, and he couldn't find anything, you know, because he listened to, to, my, to my breathing and, you know, all that a basic doctor does. And he, uh, he told me to 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 have a um, you know the usual procedure like a, like an MRI and and you know see what, based on the images what you know if there was something strange and of course they found like a large uh, spot in my in my uh, right lung mm-hmm. and so after uh, you know um, uh, a week in the hospital for the you know the various uh, procedures to to diagnose what exactly what. The cause was mm-hmm. uh, basically it was a this lymphoma that caused like um, basically like a, like a it, it, the, the problem with the blood is that the bad cells uh, caused like um like a I would say basically like a little cut in my in my lung tissue mm-hmm. and this cut were basically a lot of cells accumulated in there and they were basically producing a mixture of uh, fluid and blood so from the images you could see this large spot and but the main problem was not necessarily just in the lung it was in the all my you know uh blood system basically and that's the problem with the lymphoma is that you cannot treat an area specifically you could i couldn't have a procedure to just you know fix my my lung because the problem was was in the blood so i needed to start um basically i was stage four which was uh which was the highest stage mm. for for that kind of cancer yeah. and uh, and th- that's you know why i, I said that i probably <laughs> i should have you know go, i should have gone to a doctor <laughs> a few mm. months earlier and uh but you know initially of course uh, you know it was a roller coaster of you know emotions with my parents and my girlfriend and uh, my friends, and but I but I learn I guess quickly to understand that when a doctor tells you, um, when an oncologist tells you, uh, look, it's it's serious but we can fix it. You you gotta believe him, you know. Yeah. And so uh, when I and another another thing is that um, even though I I continue to have my you know all my symptoms after i was diagnosed officially um they appeared some somehow less you know less concerning in a way because i knew that which the pro- what the problem was so i just needed to fix it and and i think that one of the hardest thing about you know uh, having cancer is not knowing what happens next but the moment that i had a plan right and that i and that i had an oncologist that i that i could trust and when she told me, "Look, we we, it's gonna be hard, and you're gonna you're gonna receive a lot of treatments, and you're gonna and you're gonna be you know you're gonna be sick, and you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be doing chemo and other stuff." Uh, but the moment that I that I that I knew what the plan was, and that and that I saw that she was certain about the outcome, it became more I would say more comfortable, and so I began to accept that. I just needed to trust medicine and, you know, to just keep going. Okay. And yeah, so that was the, the initial process, uh, was in, uh, early 2012. Okay. So and how,
0: uh, how, how old were you when you first had symptoms? I was twenty twenty three. 23. Wow. Okay. And, uh, you yeah. first saw a doctor, how long after the first symptoms roughly? <sighs> Five
1: or six months. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I should have really should have really gone earlier because uh those months uh allowed the you know the blood to 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 basically cause that little uh, yes. problem in my in my lung and you know of course the uh several months can uh facilitate um cell growth and yes. Uh, yes. so yeah I should I should have really gone earlier but you know thankfully it was uh, I was you know just the the last minute was Mm. Uh, at least so far uh, okay. it, it, it worked anyway
0: okay well well
1: okay so
0: in your particular case the detection was like you said there's there were quite a few things that like you, you listed yeah. off you know that you had um some discomfort, some well blood and coughing up blood that's yeah okay that's generally considered bad uh <laughs> lumps and so on <laughs> and you know feeling lethargic you know to so no energy yes. and, and uh, spa- yeah. spacing out i don't know what the technical medical word for spacing out is but yeah 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 i mean all yes <laughs>
1: yeah and it's a, it's a really strange feeling because i remember distinctly at one day i sat down at my computer and i i was looking at the screen and i panicked and i called my girlfriend because i i was seeing an article on Mac stories that that I didn't write, right? I was seeing words on the screen that I I didn't publish. So I completely panicked and I called my girlfriend and I asked her, what do you see on the screen? I didn't publish this article. And she looked at the screen and she said, what are you talking about? The article you just published. So I, I, you know, I Mm. drank a glass of water and I composed myself and I looked at the screen again and... Sure enough, that was the article that I just published. So I, well, I, I saw a thing that just wasn't there, and I and I panicked for no reason, and that was super super strange. And I, and I remember that clearly because at that moment I realized what is going on. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You're becoming a little disconnected from reality, which is yeah. not good. Yeah. All right. Well, you've talked about uh, some of the some of the treatment that you've had just briefly. I guess. Uh, just to cover a little bit of the of the history, just before we go too much further, uh, is uh, the obvious one is that if there is a, a physical tumour that they can remove, then the simplest and you know most obvious ways to well cut it out and you know, cauterise it, <laughs> uh, which is the um, the oldest description going back to 1600 BC, where they noted to that they could cauterise ulcers of the breast that they found. Uh, but then noted also that there is no long-term treatment other than that. And, uh, yeah, the thing is with, with cancer is that people realize from a treatment point of view then that research needs to go on to try and to try and find better ways of fighting it. Since the early 70s, the U.S. alone has invested over $200 billion in research, and that's both you know public and private donations. But, yeah, despite that effort, this is, a, this is a really tough nut to crack. This is a really difficult problem. And they've only really seen, in the US at least, a 5% decrease in their cancer death rate from between 1950 to 2005, which is where this, the stats I got for from, which should illustrate that it's a difficult problem to solve. So also with an aging population, and obviously um, that was not the case for you being 23 at the time, uh greater than 3 out of 5 cancers are diagnosed in people aged 65 and over however as you know in your case obviously that was not the case so it does just because you're younger does not mean you're exempt and that's something that a
1: lot of people need to get their head around i think so yeah so i just i just looked up the definition for the mm-hmm. uh lung involvement that i told you about basically it's yep. uh, in the adult um kind of hodgkin's lymphoma it's called uh, lung parenchymal involvement with lymphoma okay so yeah cool yeah there, there, i'm i was sure there was a bunch of words that i could not remember <laughs> and sure enough i just needed google
0: yeah <laughs> oh that's you know, I, I know what you, i know what you mean and i um it's the sort of thing that they rattle them off when you're sitting there. They rattle them off so fast. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, R- nah, R- yeah. the uh, Foma Wadahama? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's... Exactly. Yeah, anyway. But yes, yeah, I still feel like I should be taking notes sometimes. So, but- I,
1: I've, always, I've always been the kind of guy that wants to actually know what is being told. Yes. So... I was always asking questions to my oncologists and and the team of other doctors in the structure, mm-hmm. and because they they understood that I was a very visual guy that wanted to know everything, so they started to to do mind maps on a on a on a piece of paper for me Mm -hmm. to explain you know the the various uh, uh, medicines and drugs that were into the chemo and so they they draw they drew all these little arrows and boxes to explain the process to me Mm -hmm. and um, every time it was was pretty funny because they they said that I I didn't really need to understand what was going on but still I wanted to know you know all the details so
0: people 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 (laughs) like us we need to know they say we don't need to know but we need to know we just yeah yeah that's it well, that, that's great. I'm glad that they took the time to do that because, oh yeah, some some doctors will just you know they're not interested. They're like you know I'm a doctor, you're not you know, and I'm just not going to tell you because well you just won't understand or I don't know actually what they think, but it, sometimes it feels like that. It's like yeah, you know. But hey, you know what? what? I'm I'm relatively intelligent. You know, take give me give me five minutes to explain it to me, and I'm sure I'll get the gist of it. So you know, anyway.
1: Yeah, well, you know the the day that I was. Uh officially diagnosed because i had this uh, scan right yeah. Yeah. and i went to the hospital in my town in viterbo and um uh, the doctors there were super unprofessional and rude and they mm. basically told me that i was gonna die you know right away yeah. before an official diagnosis yeah just after a scan they saw this spot and they they called up my parents and they said you know the guy the boy yes, i'm i'm Unfortunately, it doesn't have much time left, and you know all the, the kind of crap that uh, mm. it, it was super unprofessional. And then, uh, so I, after a few minutes, I, I went to to the oncology department in in my town's hospital, and uh, I was called into this room by this mm, supposedly oncologist, and he told me like he, he wasn't even looking looking at me in the eye. Mm. It was just you know uh, this is serious and. Uh, We can try to do something and they didn't, he didn't even allow my girlfriend to be in the room. And so I I, I don't want to curse on the show, but you can imagine my reaction. So yeah, um, um, that just uh, makes me angry. Yeah. And um, so I went to, all my treatments were done in another, in another city, uh, in another region of Italy and uh, i w- and i uh, and i really found professional people there in you know in these other two cities actually and uh some sometimes I, t- I think about you know going to see this doctor and maybe you know uh trying to approach him i don't know like in the parking lot and say hey you know what yeah and but eventually i realized i my this guy doesn't even need my attention, you know. Doesn't no. n- even need my time. But plus, I don't want to lose my temper. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, what what what's she what gonna do? Walk up and wave and say, "Hey,
0: guess what? I'm not dead. You suck. Bye bye." Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna be positive, but. Oh dear. Yeah. Me. All right. Cool. All right. Well. Yeah. Let's...
1: So anyway, there are some some doctors are really uncool people, but there are many many doctors. Luckily, there are just you know they save lives and they 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 help you and they you know that they, they listen to you and they explain stuff to you. So I was lucky enough to find many many of them and just one bad guy. So
0: Well, I'm I'm really glad you found some good some good doctors because yeah, it makes all the difference in the world. And that's and that's really oh, good. Yeah. it's good to hear. Okay, so before we go into the next section, I just wanted to quickly talk about our first sponsor, which is uh, Audible. So Audible is a leading provider of premium spoken audio information and entertainment that allows listeners to choose from audio versions of their favorite books. Why would you want to do this? Well, So many of our day-to-day activities that we do need our eyes on the job. So when there's a book you really want to read, but you're so busy doing other things you just can't find the time, that's where audiobooks come in. It's much easier to multitask when you're listening to music, a podcast, or an audiobook. Whether you're driving, doing housework, or yard work with Audible, you can still read your favorite book and not miss out. It's pretty cool. So, you can buy books individually, or you can sign up for the Audible Listener Program, which gives you book credits each month for a low monthly fee. You can download your audiobook to your PC, Mac, Windows Phone, Android, Apple iOS device, and listen to it wherever you might be. Now, in my case, I'm a big Douglas Adams fan. Love his stuff. Always have. So, I had a look to see what Audible had in the way of his stuff, and... It turns out there are about 20 of them, 20 audiobooks in the Audible's library, including all the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books, my two favorites, the Dirk Gently uh, books, the uh, Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul and uh, Dirk Gently's uh, Holistic Detective Agency, uh, as well as uh, two Doctor Who episodes he was involved with, including the unfinished Shader episode, and that was the basis for the, um, his first Dirk Gently book, actually. Anyway, the best part, though, is that some of the books are read by Douglas Adams himself, and I've been listening to Dirk Gently, Solistic Detective Agency, and it's fantastic. Actually, I'm, I'm listening to it a second time. But if you're not into listening to the original author, because sometimes original authors may not necessarily do as good a reading of their own book as someone else. Sometimes they have books that are uh, that are actually narrated by somebody else. And there's plenty of other options. For example, uh, Harry Enfield, if, uh, who reads Long Dark Tea Time as well. Uh, if you prefer him, his narration. And for those who don't remember who he is, he played Dermot in Men Behaving Badly. That's if you remember what that show was. But anyhow, I don't mind that. Maybe I'm showing my age there. Anyway, Audible has books in business, classics, uh, fiction, history, romance, mysteries, thrillers, sci-fi, fantasy, self-development, kids and young adult, and so many more to list I think that'll do. So yes, with over 150,000 titles and pretty much every genre, you're going to find what you're looking for. So, right now, you can get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash pragmatic. Make sure you use that specific URL, audiblepodcast.com slash pragmatic, for your free audiobook. So, I'd like to personally thank Audible for sponsoring Pragmatic. So, the next thing I wanted to talk about, we sort of started talking about it, was the, the treatment options. And the first and most obvious one is... Uh, you know, finding the tumor and cutting it out. That only works for certain kinds of, of cancers, of course. But when they do do that, they'll also take a bit of the surrounding tissue and test it to see if there's any other cancerous cells in the surrounding tissue. Sometimes, if they find some in that surrounding area, they all have a follow-up surgery to remove more tissue to make sure that they get it all, or at least get as much of it as possible. Sometimes, uh, in certain cases in certain cancers, they can actually test it quite quickly. They can test that... Uh, that tissue around the uh, the the tumor during well, like when you're actually still in there in surgery under the general anesthetic and they can actually uh but that only works for you know certain cancers it doesn't work for all of them but and that requires a very fast test sometimes they have to put them they have to slice it up put on slides microscope out and visually check for the cells a lot of the time and sometimes it's not obvious other times they can use certain dyes and different different other techniques it's different for every kind of cancer so there's different methods of doing that but that, obvious, that is the first step for most cancers that are, you know, obviously that form tumors. But you mentioned uh, chemotherapy and that is, you know, by far and away, or some people just call it chemo and it's by far and away the most common uh, treatment after you've had uh, a surgery. Not, not always prescribed, but in many cases it is. The thing that I uh, didn't realize about this originally, uh, and I only found this out recently, was that it was actually discovered as a side effect of mustard gas in World War I, which is kind of crazy. But it wasn't until 1942 that there are a group of related compounds, nitrogen mustards, they're loosely referred to as, and they were used intravenously as an attempt to reduce the replication rate of cells in the body for people that had uh, had cancers. And they had actually you know, short-lived, short but there were effective results, and enough so that they continued investigating it. So the chemicals have been refined over the years, but work in much the same kind of way. They either stop or significantly slow down the replication rate of aggressive, fast-replicating cells. And that's a, a, a trait of a cancerous uh, uh, tumor. Unfortunately, this is kind of the medical equivalent of hitting a nail with a sledgehammer, and unfortunately, it takes out other normally quickly replicating cells or like hair follicles, for example and hence pe- many people on chemo tend to lose their hair, which is something i'm into I, I was curious about in your case so you um have been on uh, how long have you been on chemotherapy at this point
1: um I was on chemo for uh, eight months. Okay. Yeah. Did you lose your hair? Yeah, from, at all? from, oh, yeah, after f- five months, after four or five months. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a problem at all, actually. I, I quite enjoyed my new <laughs> hairstyle or lack thereof. Well, you know, um, I,
0: I shave my hair off so I can, t- I'm, I'm with you on that. It's uh, simpler.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I let a friend of mine shave my uh la- like cut my hair really short when I realized I was losing hair so the transition wouldn't be too weird. Yeah. And you know, we took photos and videos and and uh yeah, it was quite fun because you know, my friend is not a hairstylist of any kind. <laughs> and um but yeah, after a few weeks I I started seeing all these little, you know, uh uh hair on my on my pillow in the morning and uh so yeah. It took four or five months to okay. to get there. Fair enough. Well, uh, the, fun, the interesting my pa- my parents actually took it, you know, worse than me because um, I've always had medium to long hair. So mm. uh, for my mother, especially seeing me in that way was pretty, pretty rough. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty confronting when you're used to seeing someone with a full head of hair and then suddenly they're bald yeah. it's uh generally yeah through through normal natural means is something that would happen gradually over a decade or more in my case you know i'm losing my hair but it's very gradual but to lose it in a matter of i mean you say it took a few months four months or so four or five months but um the point at which you just what you say? was it like two or three weeks you just it started losing it and then it was like right that's it and it's gone You'll just get rid of the rest of it, or did you? How long was it before it was just like yeah, right? That's it. And it's all bald now. Would you say a few weeks or?
1: Yeah, yeah, just a few weeks, I think. Yeah.
0: Okay, so yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty shocking to, for people that are used to seeing a full head of hair. So, and that's the that's the problem with chemo. The, the interesting thing is that some people don't actually lose their hair, but it's it is very very common, and certainly um, in my my second hand. Um, uh, second-hand experience, Um, yeah, my my relatives lost their hair. So, Mm -hmm. anyway. So, chemo drugs are actually referred to as um, cytotoxic and they're essentially poison, right? So, when they're handling these things in hospital, the hospital staff are usually required to wear protective clothing and gloves. And uh, from my recollection, I'm not sure if it's the same the world over, but certainly there are large, bright warning labels on these bags, you know, caution, warning, you know, this is not stuff yeah. that you, uh, y- yeah. You
1: yeah, the, the the doctors and, and hospital staff, they don't always wear protection. Right. Uh, at, least, at least in my experience, you, you know, they don't always wear like protective gloves and that kind of stuff. It just only when they need to, uh like to do an injection or to for instance i had a a portacath installed which Mm -hmm. is a little basically uh like a like a little uh button under your skin that has a a tube attached that goes into a big vein and so when they needed to 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 flush that or to inject chemo into that into the little valve um they needed to wear protection and you know uh, on the on their hands and you know um when breathing, for instance, uh, near you, they needed to have the little mask, and uh, but not all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, I had one of the many uh, kinds of chemo that I did. It required me to be in a hospital bed for twenty-two days, twenty-two wow. consecutive days, and I needed to be in a in a locked room, and because you know um, it was a super uh, basically like. Hard chemo that destroyed my immune system nice. and rebuilt it from the ground up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so during the process, I needed to be in this special room with special air conditioning and only people with extra protection could visit me Mm -hmm. only twice a day. It was, yeah. there are different, many, I guess, many kinds of chemo that require Mm. uh, different kinds of attention for the patient. And in my case, it was a bit of both. You know, I did the chemo where I could just go there, do the chemo, and, you know, just hop back into my car and go back home. Mm -hmm. And I did other chemos that required me to be completely alone, you know, extra protection measures.
0: Absolutely. When you were in there for 22 days, um, were you allowed an iPad? Yeah. Woo!
1: Yeah, it was... Uh, my, my, the, doc- the the doctors and staff needed to uh, basically wash it with a special... Um, fluid before. Yep. yeah, And it was like a like some kind of, you know, to remove uh bacteria bacteria and other and other stuff. So they, they they cleaned all my devices, my phone, my iPad and uh, I had a, a Nintendo DS, I think. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, I was allowed to keep that. Cool. So Yeah, I would have I would have gone crazy. I, I was
0: gonna say, I, that would not have been, you know, twenty two days of isolation from yeah, that would have been rough. Yeah. But you had the iPad, so were you, were you posting on Mac Stories during that twenty two days?
1: Yes. Oh good yes, man, I was. that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Bad. There were there were days that I that I could barely move, or you know, I was constantly, mm. uh, you know, throwing up and and that kind of stuff. And so those days, I was just trying to survive, basically. Sure. Uh, but the other days, uh, before and after the chemo, um, yeah, I just needed to to you know to pass the time so i did a bit of email uh, uh i actually think i was writing python scripts at one point mm-hmm. um because i was trying pythonista the the ipad yes. app oh yeah uh, so yeah it was it, i used that time to you know to, to, to do something because otherwise if you just go stay there and keep thinking about oh my god i'm doing Kimon, you know that kind of stuff it doesn't help you i think
0: yeah it's it messes with yeah. your head you, too much time to think yeah best yeah, yeah, yeah. i totally yeah i think i think it's great that you're able to do that because it yeah having a creative outlet <laughs> makes oh, a yeah. big difference so i
1: think that my my work and you know my job and and the people on twitter and the readers of the site uh, were a huge help for me because they helped me you know not just with encouragement and that kind of positive you know uh, reactions that you get mm-hmm. but also to distract me and you know to as you said a creative outlet and it's 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 been a huge help for me
0: fantastic cool all right well you sort of alluded to this that there are different kinds of chemotherapy and yeah yeah so you've got yeah. different strengths different blends i mean i make it sound like coffee but it's not obviously that's terrible
1: different flavors of
0: chemo <laughs> different flavored chemo <laughs> so sing single agent um and uh, polychemotherapy which is you know obviously multiple chemicals in the one go and obviously it depends on the specific kind of cancer being treated and obviously there's the ones that you just described that will completely destroy your immune system and then it, it builds itself back up again from from the ground up which is you know quite extreme but also i understand to be very effective it's just you know it's quite a bit to go through so uh, the dosage interesting interestingly i know there's a lot of uh, debate uh, about dosage and traditionally it was based on person's height and weight and yeah, their build but that's not really 100% accurate it tends to oncologists tend to over lean towards overdose rather than underdose to otherwise if you underdose then you know the treatment is not going to be effective so yeah. it's they they tend to lean towards the over than the under so anyway and again, also, as you suggested, there's different uh, different ways of doing it. People refer to, sorry, oncologists refer to a round of treatment as uh, your start. You'll go in for, you know, usually daily or, you know, sometimes you can do it as an outpatient. Other times, like the 22 days, you're actually in the hospital, yes. checked in you know, and that's it. But other times it'll be... Uh, you know, it could be a few weeks and it's daily, and you know, that, that were, that's like quote unquote a round of chemo, and then you'll have yeah, a break yeah. and recover,
1: and then it's yeah. back for more. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the terminology was for me the hardest part to figure out because when they when they keep talking about a round of mm. chemo, I thought that a round was a, sh- a session, a single session on a single day. Yeah, And it turns out that a round uh, differs from chemo to chemo. Yes. So uh, I did uh, a round what could be a day for me or mm. twice a week or three times a week mm-hmm. uh, with a break of 21 days uh, between each round. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to quickly uh, say that Many people and myself included before I started you know doing chemo, I thought that chemo was some kind of obscure and you know strange kind of medicine. Mm. It turns out that it's just an i v yeah, that it's basically just drugs that they inject into a vein, just like any other IV. And they have different colors. I, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there are some kind of beverages that I don't drink anymore because <laughs> oh, no. the color remi- Yeah, the color reminds me of chemo. You know, are you familiar with Campari? Yes. Yeah, I don't drink Campari anymore because it reminds me of a drug of the one of the uh, types of chemo that I did. Wow. Well, well, yeah.
0: I I don't, I don't drink it because I don't like the taste of it. But yeah. <laughs> yours yeah. is far more because it's the association right because the chemo yeah. makes you feel yeah. terrible, terrible yeah. generally well i mean so i am assured i have not been through it but you can tell me i'm sure it generally doesn't make you feel that great does
1: it no it doesn't make you feel i mean while you're doing it it's just an iv so you don't feel anything mostly hmm. there was a drug that basically there was all, all these little bags right of fluid of you know, medicine, you know, you know chemo stuff. Mm-hmm. And there are different colors and different labels and and the, you don't feel a single thing while you're doing chemo. But there was a drug and I think it was uh, Dacarbazine, which was part of the ABVD treatment. Uh, if you go to Wikipedia, there's a list of various kinds of chemo and ABVD mm-hmm. is the, the first one that you do when you have Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. And there was this drug that basically when they inject it in your vein... Uh, you can feel the vein burning because the drug is so strong; it burns the, uh, the tissue of the vein, and that's also the reason why I didn't have to, uh, I didn't want to have a portacath installed right away in my in my upper chest. So I did the, few, the first few rounds of chemo as a as a normal, uh, you know, procedure with a with a needle in my in my in my arm, right so oh. my vein my veins in my arm they don 't give blood anymore because they 've been burned by the chemo <laughs> so that 's fun, yeah, every time I need to do some some blood tests um, they need to 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 you know to to find uh, small veins like in my in my wrist or in yeah. my hand because yep, the yep. ones in my arm are completely gone yeah so, i mean i mean they do they do work they mm. just they don 't give blood anymore yeah I understand yeah
0: yeah i i I, um, I had heard of that but um i'd never uh, I uh, I didn't re- yeah wow. Whew. Okay. Well, m- moving on from chemo, let's talk about the other goodie, which is radiation therapy.
1: Oh yeah, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you you yeah. loved radiation therapy. Yeah, because it I mean it's just like 5 minutes a day. Yeah. You don't feel a single thing mm-hmm. and it's quite fun because the machinery is super cool. <laughs> like there are, there are there are literally there are there are lasers. Mm -hmm. scanning like forming a grid into this room and you need to be aligned with grid Mm -hmm. because there's this huge machinery that rotates around you Mm -hmm. and that basically beams uh, protons and other kinds of light beams into your body and you don't feel anything Mm -hmm. it's just five minutes and it's done Yes. and it's super effective <laughs> really and mm-hmm. and the radiation is the, the the it was for me the final step of my treatments and it was the one that basically consolidated the cells in my right lung mm-hmm. and uh, now i have basically i have like a scar yes. right in my in my right lung of tissue and uh, it burned completely whatever was left for yes. after the chemo mm-hmm. and yeah yeah the radiation is is I'm sure now you have a really solid explanation on history, but yeah. in practice for me, it was like just, you know, passing 30 minutes every day between, you know, going there and doing the radiation. And yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's super cool. The, the machinery was amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it, it sounds pretty cool. I um, That's one of the one things I didn't actually physically witness was, uh, was I, I was not going in with my relatives when they had their radiation therapy. Uh, chemo, yes. Radiation therapy, no. But uh, the... Yeah, so the idea of radiation therapy is, you know, you pretty much already said it, which is, you know, it uses a, um, a fo- ionizing radiation such as a, a photon uh, source. And usually, oldest, older machinery typically used uh, cobalt, cesium. Uh, they, they call the newer machines uh, LINAC machines, which are essentially a linear accelerator. And they accelerate um, uh, photons and they actually will... Uh, pass through your body and you know disrupt the the DNA and well, I say disrupt the DNA. They'll destroy the DNA chain. So that you they the cells simply will die. Uh, they can't replicate after that. So obviously, if you've got tumor cells, you're trying to get rid of them, and you know the chemo didn't get them. Well, this will get them, and it's not going to survive. So. It destroys DNA in the cells in the area. It's also a bit of a blunt instrument, but it's a, a lot less blunt than the chemo because it can be physically focused on a specific spot. And obviously, again, that only works in cases where you know the cancer is a tumor in a specific spot, and which it was in your case um, in where it had manifested in your lungs. And uh, the radiation is measured in grays and uh, ranges between 20 and 80 grays, depending upon the type of cancer being treated, whether it's uh, applied curatively or preventatively. And uh, yeah, so so there you go. That's radiation therapy, and uh, apparently it's a it's a very cool machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. You know. and it's
1: photons. You said not protons. It's photons. You are right because I remember yes. there was a a little uh, like a little plate with a mm-hmm. description of how the machine the machine worked, oh, cool. and I was super fascinated by this machine. And I remember there was a I took a photo. Mm. with my iPhone of the of the room mm-hmm. and a doctor she was i think she was my age yeah. um she approached me and she said oh you have an iPhone and <laughs> basically inside the radiation room uh we started talking about um she said i have a i have a, a galaxy iPhone mm-hmm. And I was like, what does it mean you have a Galaxy iPhone? And so basically she had a Samsung <laughs> yeah. S3, I think. Mm-hmm. So of course I, I started talking about the iPhone and you know, we started talking about Mac Stories and she realized that we, we spent 10 minutes talking about my job and the iPhone and I should have... You know, I was in my underwear <laughs> because I needed
0: it. <laughs> That's great.
1: <laughs> so there were people... Who, because there are cameras, right? Yeah. Looking at what's, what's going on in the room. At one point a doctor from the other room goes back in and said what are you guys doing you <laughs> need to do the need <laughs> <We're like, laughs> to do the radiation we're just we're just it was,
0: talking it's are just talking we're just talking about the iphone <laughs> oh that's brilliant oh yeah. dear cool all right well then uh a little bit about um some newer treatments then and i guess the areas that are showing the most promise Uh, specifically, are targeted therapies, uh, sometimes referred to as uh, molecularly targeted therapies or precision medicines. And unlike chemo, which is a broad spectrum drug or set of drugs, it'll affect all the rapidly dividing cells in the body, cancerous and non-cancerous alike, so good and bad. Targeted therapies are designed specifically to disrupt the division of a specific type of cancerous cells. Uh, as a result, obviously they have to be specific, and they tend to only work on a much smaller subset uh, of cancers. So, because they're very specific, they're a lot less common, they're more expensive to produce, and the the other so the flip side, of course, the reason you want to go down that road is because you're going to have a lot less side effects, and you'll have a much faster recovery time. But the bottom line is that you know it's still experimental. There's hundreds of different kinds of of, of cancers, and there's they're still developing these there it's still a lot of them there are a lot of cancer cells that can cancer cells that cannot be treated this way yet and they're doing a lot that's where a lot of the research is going to try and create these uh des- well i guess for the one of a better word a design a drug specifically targeting the problem rather than the uh, the sledgehammer solution so that's sort of as far as i'm aware that's that that's where it's that's
1: where it's heading so anyway yeah, I didn't. I didn't do any of those. No, um, it... I, I knew about this kind of new like techniques. Mm-hmm. I just had straight up old fashioned chemo and radiation. And, and most people the do only, it. yeah, the only the only new kind of thing that I did was, uh, and that was, I think, the strangest part of the experience because the chemo and the radiation. Uh, after you learn how they work, they're pretty much you know boring stuff. One is an IV, the other is a, is a machine. Yeah. Uh, it was the the extra stuff that you do around those you know mm-hmm. uh, those treatments that that's the strange experience. Like I had to at one point I needed to uh, basically stimulate my my bone marrow to produce stem cells. Okay. And to do that, you you buy this uh, little little like medicine that it's like a little tube uh, with some fluid in it. And it costs like 5,000 euros mm-hmm. for just this little thing. And, um, of course I didn't pay a single euro for this because, you know, in, in Italy we get all for free. And I mean for free after taxes, of course you, you gotta pay your, your tax pay, taxpayer, your euros. But anyway, uh, I didn't pay myself. So, um, this, this little thing you inject it into your muscles, uh, anywhere on your body, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And this fluid goes into your bones and it stimulates the bone to produce uh, stem cells. Mm-hmm. And so a few days pass, you do this one, once a day and basically you start feeling this crazy, crazy, crazy pain inside your bones because your bones are trying to put more stem cells than necessary into your blood. So you gotta resist for a couple of days with this insane pain that I was I was basically screaming all day and you know I I wanted to I wanted to, I wanted to just you know I I I, I needed I, I was asking for morphine at one mm. point mm-hmm. because I just couldn't you know it was too much. Very painful. Yeah. But you gotta resist and when you stimulate the bone to 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 produce all these cells that go into your your blood, you go and and they basically they take your blood they wash it with a the machine mm-hmm. they isolate the the cells from the you know the other uh, the plasma and the other parts of the blood and in the other arm they give you your blood back mm-hmm. so you 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 wash you do this little washing pr- procedure you isolate the cells and then those cells they get frozen for a couple of months and when i did the chemo that i told you about for 22 days and they destroy your immune system, and they use those cells to help you rebuild it back up in just a week instead of uh, like three months. Yeah. So that was super strange. Uh, it was strange to do, you know, the stimulation. Um, it was strange because the pain was insane, m- yeah. more, much more insane than the chemo and the other stuff and the symptoms. And but it, and it works surprisingly that's the strangest part is that all this crazy stuff that you basically stimulate your own bones to do more than the necessary and then you use that the result as a as a as an aid to you know to to, to grow your immune system back yeah that's pretty that cool. was super strange yeah it's it's very cool but also strange and painful oh yeah and... well
0: the painful bit was not cool but yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, that was super, that was insane. I was screaming all night and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand. it. I couldn't sit down. I just, you know, it, it felt like a thousand knives into your bones oh. in each part of your body. Uh, yeah. Did At the, one painkillers
0: helped that much, or were you? Did they just not? Did they not touch it, or was yeah?
1: There... Uh, basically, my oncologist wanted to avoid painkillers because <sighs> they, they they she wanted to avoid. Any additional heart toxicity uh but it became too much, so I didn't get the morphine, but I got um well, I don't know what the name in other countries is, but it's basically one step before the morphine okay. and that that helped a lot, yeah, yeah, okay yeah, it was an injection, and uh it took like two minutes and then it was amazing (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's like
0: a switch uh, flicking a switch i'm sorry i just i recently was in i'm not suggesting this is of the same level of pain as we were describing but i had uh, kidney stones and uh and uh, i was in quite a bit of pain and uh when they gave me the uh the shot of morphine it was it was like a a switch being flicked in your brain from being in unbelievable agony to being able to sort of like look around the room and and actually have a conversation because you you're just it's just incapable and then suddenly it's it's fine you know it's that's what well yeah. that was my experience anyway and i'm sure yeah, i was in no it's... near the level of pain you were in though
1: yeah this stuff this stuff is weird even, <laughs> even when you when you talk about it and you remember mm. the experience for me like for in my experience, I think that describing the chemo, because that's the thing that most people are curious about, right? They, they ask you. And sometimes they even, you, sometimes I feel like they want to ask me, but they're not asking me. So I just tell them. Yeah. Because you can feel when somebody's interested in the, so what is chemo like? Or what is radiation? And you can understand that they want to know, but they don't have, you know, they, they feel uncomfortable asking. So I just mm-hmm. explain that. Yeah. But then when you need to explain all the other extra, stuff that you need to do and the consequences and you know the side effects that's the strangest part because they they sound just crazy you yeah. know the, the like the steroids and the effect of the cortisone on, on your body and you know the the, the, st- the growth stimulation done on purpose and the, that stuff is just crazy yeah. but also cool so yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> fair enough okay and you don't hear too much about it so i'm glad that we're that we're that we're talking about it so all right. Before we um, go into, I just I want to talk a little bit about um, my my second hand experiences, um, which I don't have too much more to say, and then we'll probably wrap it up. But before we do, I want to talk about a second sponsor for this episode, and that's Many Tricks, a longtime supporter of the show. And uh, Many Tricks, they're a great software development company whose apps do, as their name suggests, many tricks. Their apps include Butler, Chemo, Leech, Desktop Curtain, Timesync, Usher, Moom, Name Mangler, and Witch. There's so much to talk about for each app, so what we'll do is we'll touch on some of the highlights for just four of them. So with Which, you can think about Which is a supercharger for your command-tab app switcher on your Mac. Which is great for and uh, very popular with X windows users like myself. If you've got three or four documents open at once in any one app, then with Which's beautifully simple pop-up, you can quickly and easily pick exactly the one you're looking for. With Name Mangler, let's say you've got a whole bunch of files that you need to rename quickly, efficiently, and in large numbers. Well, Name Mangler can extract metadata from the files, use it to rename those files with search and replace, as well as creating staged renaming sequences. And if you mess it up, you can revert back to where you started and just have another go. It's great. Moom, it makes it so easy to move your windows to whichever position you want. Halves, corners, edges, fractions of the screen... Whatever you like, and then you can even save and recall your favorite window arrangements. Uh, there's even a special auto-arrangement feature when you connect or disconnect an external display, It like when you arrive at work or when you when you arrive at home. It's awesome. So with Usher, uh, it can access any video stored in iTunes, Aperture, iPhoto, or any connected hard drive on your Mac, allowing you to easily group sort, tag, organize them all in the one app. If you install Perion and Flip for Mac, then there's, you know, there's no need to convert anything into an iTunes format to watch it. So if you've got a video collection that's scattered across different programs and drives, then Usher can help you straighten it out. Now, that's just four of their great apps, but there's still five more that I haven't spoken about. And you can check them out at, on their website. So all these apps that I've talked about have, have free trials. You can download them from Tricks or OneWord.com slash Pragmatic and try them out before you buy. They're also available to buy from their respective pages on the site or through the Mac App Store. However, if you visit that URL before mid-September and yes, they've extended their offer just for pragmatic listeners, you can take advantage of that special discount off their very helpful apps exclusively for pragmatic listeners. Simply use pragmatic25, that's pragmatic the word and 25 the numbers in the discount code box in the shopping cart to receive 25% off the the price. And this offer is only available to pragmatic listeners for a limited time, so take advantage of it while you can. So many thanks again for many tricks for their continued support of Pragmatic. So I haven't uh, talked about uh one of the reasons that I wanted to cover this topic and that is that um in recent years in my life um I my my some close family have been uh, affected by by cancer, and I don't want to go into too much detail, but I'll just touch on the the key points, and uh, I'll because everyone's experience with cancer is subtly different because there are so many different kinds of cancers. There are lots of common things that we've talked about, and that's and that's fine. But some of the specific details varied based on where the cancer was, and you know how severe it was, and how early they detected it, and so on. So, my grandfather uh, was diagnosed with bowel cancer. He was first detected when he was 74 years old. Uh, they cut out a section of the bowel, he underwent chemo, and they thought that they had got it all. Unfortunately, they didn't. And when he was 77, they found that it had come back, and it was considered to be inoperable at that point and uh he was given the option for chemo having been through it once he said they they told him that the chemo would at best give him you know a few extra months but he decided not to take that option and he passed away when he was 78 so my father-in-law uh he had uh prostate cancers diagnosed at that when he was uh 60 years old uh they operated and they got it all with no further treatment and thought he was all you know good and in the clear unfortunately there was a melanoma uh, on the top of his head. It was initially wrongly diagnosed as an age spot. That was when he was 62. Uh, but the time, by the time they figured out that it was actually a melanoma and uh, I had surgery to remove it, but it had spread to lymph nodes in his neck and he had multiple rounds of radiation therapy uh, around his neck, at which point um, he uh, lost his sense of taste and uh, they did some uh, follow-up chemo, but by which time it had spread to his bones uh, in his ribs and his liver. And he passed away within five months of its initial detection. He was uh, 63 years old at the time. He served in Vietnam in the Australian Armed Forces and having two different cancers so close together, they ruled that it was most the most likely explanation was his exposure to Agent Orange and other defoliants that they were using at the time which is a very sad but very common story, unfortunately. Um, so those are the two sad stories. The um, the one posit- positive story is my mother-in-law, and uh, she had a routine mammogram when she's 62, found a uh, lump. She had no idea it was there. It was not visible, was not physically detectable, but a biopsy revealed that it was cancerous, um, It's uh, HER2-positive, which means that it was uh, fed by estrogen. And uh, the breast tumor was uh, surgically removed. Uh, They they had required two separate surgeries to get it all. She's uh, had a round of chemo and radiation therapy. And uh, during that time, she was admitted to hospital twice with low low blood count. But she was also on a a new drug called uh, tamoxifen. Uh, which is specific to that kind of breast cancer that is um, fed by uh, estrogen and she's now two years out from surgery with no further signs of any other issues so so far so good keeping an eye on that one closely so that's sort of been my um, that's been my uh, uh, secondhand experience at least before, while we wrap up on this, I guess I just want to wrap up with uh, some advice and again to reiterate, um, I'm not a medical professional, I'm not a doctor uh, and is Federico, but honestly as as I, as you said earlier, mate, it's about catching it early and if you see or feel anything that isn't right, just get it get it checked out. you know, and if you're unhappy with the answer that the GP gives you, your general practitioner, your medical practitioner gives you. Go see a different one. Get a second opinion. Ask to see a specialist. Sometimes it's that feeling inside that something is wrong. That's maybe what you need to listen to sometimes. Anyway, Australia has a problem with skin cancer because of the ozone layer depletion in the Southern Hemisphere. And, you know, Australia is sometimes referred to as a sunburnt country. We have one of the highest... In fact, I do think we do have the highest incidence of skin cancers in the world. As a result... The government um, uh, has a thing with Medicare they call bulk billing. And so far as skin cancer goes in Australia, being one of the top uh, cancers on the list, uh, there's uh, lots of clinics around that uh, will, you can go to and you can bulk bill. They'll bulk bill you, meaning there's no out-of-pocket expense. You just show up and they'll just take photos of uh, any spots on your skin. They'll, they'll check you over. And and they, they keep them on file, so you can come back in six months and they can see if there's any changes or any uh, discoloration or growth or anything that you might miss just looking at it visibly. And uh, rather than just relying on you walking into a GP and saying, "Yeah, I've got this this little lump on my leg. I don't know if it's a problem or not." But the the, the message is, don't matter how old you are, don't think it won't happen to you because it could. Because Federico, you were you were 23 right and yeah. it happened to you yeah so if you had any advice because that's sort of the end of my advice <laughs> what mm. what would your advice be to people
1: well the first one is that you if you feel that something isn't right go to your doctor and ask for blood tests because those are you can easily spot the early signs in in, in 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 your blood usually and just don't ever be afraid or feel awkward or embarrassed about exposing your fears and and the things that you feel in any part of your body because i know that, that it can be strange to explain to a doctor that you feel something in a specific part of your body and you don't want to be touched and you don't want you know you don't want to get undressed but you know that's the stuff that you need to do uh, while you're doing, if, you, if you're if ever, and I hope you're not, but if you're ever diagnosed with cancer and you're doing chemo or other treatments, just keep in mind that you need to trust the doctors. Don't go read opinions on the internet because the, the, it's full of people that tell you you're gonna die. And just try to always believe in science and medicine. And if a doctor tells you that it's doable, then it's doable. Because that person has a degree and it's their job and they, they usually know what they're doing. But also don't be afraid to ask for second opinions also when you're doing treatments. If, you, if you're not sure about your oncologist, uh, go see another oncologist because the world is full of oncologists. So you can always get second or third or fourth opinions on anything. Keep an archive of everything that you do, either on paper or on PDF, in Evernote or Dropbox, whatever it is you do. Uh, My family and I keep two copies of each uh, document and each test and each image and each scan that I have and try to organize that archive for type and year. And while you're doing treatments, keep in mind that life is not all about treatments. Try to do other stuff. If possible, try to have fun, try to read, have a hobby, play games, be with friends, done. It's not a shame it, to be on chemo, to do radiation. Uh, you're not worse than anybody else. And it's a perfectly normal thing that happens to a lot of people. And it, you don't have to be ashamed for you know for being sick. It's not the kind of disease that you give to other people. It just happens to you and there's no shame in it. And after that, just always try to be cautious, even after they tell you that you're... You know, um, it worked. Uh, Try to be cautious. Try to keep a log of your symptoms. If you ever feel anything, uh, tell it to your doctor right away. Don't think that it's stupid to call your oncologist because they don't want to hear from you. They want to always hear from you uh, because after all, there are people helping other people. So they they become attached to you as much as you become attached to them. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to call your oncologist and tell you if, if you feel... Even after months, if something isn't isn't right, and in general, just try to 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 think about the fact that it could always be worse. Because there are worse there the there are other people in the world that are suffering more than you. Even if you're doing chemo or if you're doing something else, there are people that are not as fortunate as you. Don't have access to treatments, and there are people that die without a single chance of having a blood test. And just try to you know to take it easy and, and try to understand that it's a lot of people do this and you got to do it too. So just try to enjoy life in the process if possible and keep focused on, you know, I got to do this and then I will get better. That that was my, that was my general uh, policy, I guess. Cool. Well,
0: that's, I think that's a good note to leave it on right there. And, um, if, you would, uh, if you'd like to talk more about this, um, you can reach me on Twitter at John Chigi and uh, check out my writing at techdistortion.com. Uh, if you'd like to send any feedback, please use the feedback form on the website and that's where you'll also find the show notes for this episode. Under Podcasts Pragmatic, uh, you can follow Pragmatic Show on Twitter to see show announcements and other related materials. I'd like to thank uh, two sponsors for this uh, episode, uh, which is Audible, and uh, you can uh, visit this URL, audiblepodcast.com slash pragmatic for your free audio book. I'd also like to personally thank uh, Many Tricks for sponsoring the show. Uh, if you're looking for some Mac software that can do many tricks, remember to specifically visit this URL, uh, manytricks or one word dot com slash pragmatic for more information about their amazingly useful apps, and use the discount code pragmatic twenty five. That's Pragmatic, the word, and 2.5, the numbers, for 25% off the total price of your order. Hurry, it's only for a limited time. Uh, I'd also like to uh, deeply thank my special guest host for today, um, Federico Vitici. and what is the best way for people to get in touch with you, Federico?
1: Uh, they can find my writing on maxstories.net or they can find me on Twitter as Vitici. that's V-I-T-I-C-C-I.
0: I see you tweet this sometimes as a hashtag. And if there's anything you want to say to cancer, what would you say? Uh, I want to say f- cancer. <laughs> cancer, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it, too.